clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Everybody, welcome to Simultaneous Quarantine. Huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Josh Lapping. It's been a really, really long time. It's been a hot second. Um, life has taken a lot of twists and turns since you last heard us talk. Yeah, sure has. Um, but uh, since we have absolutely nothing to do, we thought maybe we would bring an episode talking about football that's not happening but it wouldn't have been happening anyway so there's still stuff to talk about right i guess that's one way you could frame it yeah i was gonna say i mean like it's not like we're missing actual football although the xfl which i was enjoying a lot so wouldn't that be done by now too it would have finished like this week i think or next week oh it was supposed to lead up to a week or two before the draft so it would have been around this time I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think they they specifically planned it to be that way so that we wouldn't really go too far without football, which I was excited about. But here we are today without any sports or anything. Hey, well, we have Game Show Network. We do. The Friends, the amount of Game Show Network that Josh and I have watched is incredible, really. But let's not act like we didn't watch that before all this happened. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> If you if you think Josh and I would be really great on almost any game show, which we would be, uh, please let us know on the on Twitter, okay? Because you'd be correct. Just the amount of things that people don't get right on the shows are insane to me. Yeah, but sometimes we sit there and we're like, we don't it's know. It's true, exactly. but like, I mean, there are because some of them are stupid. What was the <laughs> other one? It was uh, what was the one question? It was uh, name something you like to bring to work. And it was pajamas. <laughs> yeah, because I want to bring my pajamas to work. And I don't want to... I don't think that's how they phrased the question, it, but it, it was, was a bad thing. It was, it was something it really was. silly. So. So. It was wi- something you wished you could bring to work. Right, 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 right. Because, so. And we, we discussed that you don't wish you could bring your pajamas. You wish like, you could oh, yeah, I wish I could bring my pajamas to work today. Stupid, <laughs> stupid. Anyway, this is a football podcast, and... The off season was pretty exciting. There were a lot of moves that were made. There were a lot of things that happened. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I think before we go any further, we need to just uh, say congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. We didn't oh, that's even, true. We didn't even talk about the Super Bowl at all. No, I, I had my little medical emergency before all of that happened, so missed all of that. Did thankfully get to be home to watch the game with you guys. That was really so nice, yes. That was good. Yeah. And uh, it was – just tell me, tell me – I feel like you thought it was a pretty exciting Super Bowl. I, I – really enjoyed it uh i mean like i was a little bit in a fog at the time yeah (laughs) but uh i i I remember it being like it was exciting to see some a little i don't want to say like truly back and forth because really it was kind of well the first half was 10 to 10 so there was a little bit back and forth at the beginning and then obviously the 49ers went up by 10 in the third or fourth quarter and then there was a comeback so i mean there was there was drama and intrigue, and it was certainly like a hundred times better than the previous Super Bowl. Well, yes. So I think that that. But was you part really of liked it. that Super Bowl. I enjoyed. Yes, I mean, I enjoyed the <laughs> the mental battle that seemed to be going on between the two d- defensive minds. So I mean, I enjoyed that. But uh, I mean, this this Super Bowl I thought was very exciting. Again, I wouldn't put it in the top ten best games of the year. We were watching a top 10 the best games of the year <laughs> thing and it was like number one or two yeah it was and it was i don't i wouldn't put it in that category but i, I agree thought it was with a, a good super bowl so before we get into the offseason things i want to ask you what do you think this win for the chiefs or the loss for the 49ers what does that do for their respective organizations i don't know i mean i, mean, I think really both of them are going to just kind of proceed as they're already going neither of them really made huge moves in the offseason, I mean, the 49ers picked up an extra draft pick by sending off. Um, was it? No, they did they sign, they traded DeForest Buckner, right? Yes. And then they signed, re signed Eric Armstead, or was it the other way around? I see, I thought you were right, but now, it might be the other now, way totally not so confident. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up, but still, they, they sent, sent off a guy and then they were able to re sign another guy. So I, I think that, um, I think that they are kind of proceeding just the, along the way that they were going, and you know they're gonna load up again on some some young talent in the draft. They have a decent amount of draft picks, including the two first round picks, and they're gonna run it back with Jimmy G and see if they can get there again. I mean, they were up by ten in the fourth quarter, as close as you can get to winning without winning. They were up, you know what I mean? I mean, so do you 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 don't foresee like a Super Bowl hangover for that organization? I don't see it. You don't think like this confidence is going to even further propel Kansas City kind of thing? I don't know. I, I think that I, above all, I'm just happy that Andy got his his ring. Oh, yeah. And everything. And I think a lot of people are too. And that being Andy Reid, the head coach. And I don't know. I, I think that I don't expect the 49ers to get back there again this year. Uh, the 49ers were at the beginning of the season, my dark horse team, I didn't say they were going to go all the way. I said they'd make it to the title game, but I didn't think they'd go all the way. Um, and they were almost, they almost did, but I don't think, I said the division is so tough. And even the, we talked about in a second, the Cardinals got loads better in the off season. Yeah. Uh, adding guys like Jordan Phillips on the defensive end. And then of course the huge trade for DeAndre Hopkins, not having to give too much up for him also. So, so, I mean, they got better. The Seahawks are get, getting better. And, you know, the Rams are, are st- were, would have been in the playoffs with this new format. So, you know, that was another thought that I had. Last night I was up and I was sit- laying there and I thought, an entire division can now make the playoffs. 
That's true. The, an entire you could have the 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 winner and then three wild cards all be in the one one division, and it might be the NFC West next year. It could be. <laughs> so so I mean we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't uh, I don't see too much shakeups. I think that the 49ers will still make the playoffs. I think the Chiefs will still make the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're both going to be the one and two or one or two seeds. But uh, we'll see what happens. I just don't see too much uh, dramatically shifting in either way. Yeah, I mean, I think I disagree a little bit about Kansas City. I really think that they're going, they're just, I think, the powerhouse right now, especially in the AFC as as Brady's out now. So for probably most intents and purposes, you don't have to worry about the Pats as much, I think. I mean, we could break down division things later, but I really feel like there aren't going to be a whole lot of teams that I'm not saying they're going to go 16-0 and and automatically walk into the Super Bowl, of course, but I think they're going to be the cream of the crop and they're going to probably prove it uh, throughout throughout the year and for, for a little while for us to see. I think I do see San Francisco struggling a little bit. I think with so many teams that come out, and have the drastic turnaround like they did, it now now there's I don't want to say evidence or proof, but like there's tape on all the things they did really really well, which weren't there before. I mean, the year that Jimmy G went down, their defense performed well, and they obviously had some promise from Kittle and whatnot. But now there's going to be oh, this is the team that got to the Super Bowl. We need to put in extra time, more so if you a little more preparation. I'm not saying like anybody ever slept on them last year or anything, but now there's just going to be a bigger target on their back and, and things like that. And so, I mean, they obviously had some games that they really proved themselves last year. And that was really exciting and great, but I don't know. I can just see, like you talked about that division. And so obviously with the playoff expansion, I think they'll, they'll get back there, but I don't think they're going to be the number one seed. And I don't think it's going to be. I do think I do think that they're, that they're slightly different than your your teams that come out of nowhere, quote unquote, to be good, just because they had been so loaded on top picks for so long, but they just had these injuries that held them back, and then finally they were healthy. And it's like, oh yeah, we have a great team. Yeah, good so, point. So I do think they're a little bit different than that, and they're also I think vastly different than what the Bears were when they went twelve and four and they had the the league's easiest schedule and. Forced Mitchell Trubisky to do absolutely nothing extraordinary, and then they went twelve and four. Uh, and then we saw last year when he needed to do more, he couldn't. I don't think Jimmy G is that kind of quarterback. Say, I also, I, I do think that Jimmy's better than Trubisky, yeah. but I do think other there, there are I think only a handful of games I really think that Jimmy G won for them. So there That's will true. be positions where, and and it pains me to say, but like the championship game against Green Bay, you're teams aren't going to let them run for 200 yards and have your quarterback throw eight passes. Yeah, that was a frustrating game. <laughs> there will be games when Jimmy G is forced to do that. So I don't think the comparison is really that different. They had a an amazing defense where those pieces will be back, and they're obviously talented and young and hungry. But I can only really think of one game from last year where Jimmy put them on their back, and that was the New Orleans game where yeah. they had the shootout. And he obviously did it, but you're right. I can't really think of another game, and I could be missing a game. 
but I can't really think of a game where I was like, okay, Jimmy G did that. You know? He did he did well against and, the Arizona games. Yeah, well, but... he had good, like I said, he had, good, he had a good season. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl, but you're right. I don't, again, think of him putting them on their back, and maybe he doesn't have to because they still have that offensive line that's one of, if not the best in the league, and they still have that stable of running backs, and they're going to get Jerick McKinnon back for probably three games, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but, the, I mean, they're going to have what their weapons still. I mean, losing Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is big. See if they can get another guy in the draft this year. It's a great draft for that. They're going to have two first-round picks for it. So we'll see. But uh, they're just loaded in talent. So, But you're right. I don't, I don't foresee too much of a drop-off for the Chiefs. Although I think that... I think that the Chargers have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I and I think one of the biggest, if not the biggest reasons why they were so bad, bad last year at times was because Phillip Rivers threw 20-plus interceptions. And then, so insert a guy who is not going to throw half that in Tyrod Taylor, and maybe you win three or four more games, and then you're right in that conversation. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I'm also, I'm such a fan of what Denver has coming into next year. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I mean, Drew Locke was your favorite quarterback in the draft, and I know I'm a big Drew Locke fan. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then, of course, you never know with John Gruden and the Raiders. Uh, who have actually? I mean, the, the Raiders have had a pretty good offseason, and they, I mean, they and they still have two first round picks. So like they, and are, they're rumbling that they're gonna try to do something big on draft day. Yeah, so, so like they're they are loaded, and you never know. So so we'll see. But you're right; I don't foresee too much change in that. So yeah, but sitting here now, who knows? That's, oh, that's why it's exciting. <laughs> And it'll all change in two two and a half weeks when we see the draft. And we're like, oh, okay, this is the team. Pretty pumped. <laughs> it'll be exciting. I, it'll probably be the highest rated draft ever. I mean, people are looking for something. Right. All right, so that leads us to the off season. It was a busy off season. It was an exciting off season. Lots of teams made big moves. Other teams made. Uh, I I found there were. I found that every team, mostly every team, did two to three moves that I was like, okay, those are great moves. Okay. You know, and I think that there were teams that maybe didn't make the A-plus moves but made a lot of C-plus, B, B moves that turned into like, okay, they, they, they're they building what they needed and they're going to go from the draft, you know? Okay. Um, so so I, I'll leave it to you to start this, but let's talk about teams that we thought did really well. Either moves that we really liked or – or teams that you just really love what they did in the off season so far. I mean, we can eventually we can go through the list of eight, top 100 free agents and talk about where they went and what we liked and stuff. But I think we could start it off with just who? Did, what did you like the most? Yeah, well, um, I don't. Do you want me to just like say one right now? We'll take yeah, turns, yeah, sure. or I mean, like we can do that. You you just mentioned the Raiders. Like I feel yeah. like they really loaded up. They yeah. addressed a lot of positions on on defense that they needed to, and mm-hmm. that was I feel like. For the most part, one of their biggest bugaboos last year was they just had a hard time stopping much of anything. You know that I'm a pretty big supporter of of the offense and and Gruden's mind, so I think getting like those different kind of pieces in there, Corey Littleton in the middle, who is a, a, a linebacker I really liked coming out of L.A. Yeah, yeah, three-year deal. I brought up their moves right here. Actually, they made a lot of moves. They did a lot. They got Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver. They got Malik Collins, defensive tackle. I believe was with the Cowboys. He, he was with, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, then he, they got Jeff Heath, who was with the Cowboys. He was. They signed some offensive linemen. They got Nick Kwiatkowski, three-year deal. And then, of course, Corey Littleton. I really like him, too. Carl Nassib, a defensive end, good defensive end. Demarius Randall, defensive back. And, of course, the two best moves, Marcus Mariota and Jason Witten. <laughs> so that's that's a hefty list right there. Yeah. And, and you obviously named some offensive guys, Witten and Aguilar and whatnot, but I think... You have two brand new linebackers. And you have NASA there on the end, so a lot of different pieces. They had some pieces that were coming on last year that we saw uh, their first round pick. I can't remember his name right now. Last year that was out of Clemson. Cullen uh, Farrell. Yeah, like he he came on. We saw him in that one primetime game we watched, and they were making they have making the, plays. There, it was a third or fourth round pick in Max Crosby, who had a huge year. Yep. So they had a good draft. I, I'm excited about, or I I, I think. They have some potential there if those coaches can get the maximum effort out of their players. Absolutely, and I and if anything that's been proven, it's that you know, especially from last year's draft, Mike Mayock knows how to draft, and him and Gruden had a great draft last year. So we'll see what happens again this year. But you're right. Um, I'm going to stay in the division and go with the Chargers, and I mentioned it. I just think that they're a team that I I don't I don't think enough people realize that they have. I mean, it's one. I'm looking at one. Two, three, four, five. Well, they only need six moves. Okay, some good moves, though. but really good moves. So, what was it? What would you say is the biggest issue outside of Philip Rivers' turnovers from last year for the Chargers? I don't want to put too much uh, blame on on Philip there. I think he was just trying to do too much. To some of those were oh well. What we need to get the the touchdown with six seconds left. I'm just going to check in. So, uh, but their offensive line. Yeah. So their offensive line. So they get Brian Bulaga three for on a three year deal. One Could of the, be big. One of the better offensive tackles in the league. And they get probably the best offensive guard that was going to be on the market in Trey Turner from the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they sure that up. You get Linville Joseph on the defensive line. Uh, they get, they place their franchise tag on Hunter Henry. So they get to keep him around. Uh, and even though they lost Melvin Gordon, they re-signed Eckler to a four-year deal who proved that he can be the back in that backfield for them. Very true. Uh, and then they sign Chris Harris uh, to a two-year deal. And I just I don't really see a lot of holes on this team anymore other than obviously we don't the quarterback is sort of an unknown. But, I mean, I believe in Tyrod Taylor, especially considering his head coach is the one that he had the most success with when he was in Buffalo. When he, when he had his best year in Buffalo when – um, when they got rid of Greg Roman after the first couple of games and went to oh, Anthony Lynn. Thank you, Anthony Lynn. <laughs> I had it at the start of that sentence, and thinking of Greg Roman made me forget about Anthony Lynn. But and then we went to Anthony Lynn as the coordinator, and he had his best season. So I mean, I again, if that's who that ends up with, and I we still don't even know that's how it's going to happen. They could draft to a Tega Viola or Justin Herbert, and they could win and go with you know what I mean, go with them. But like I, this, this team is tailor made to win football games right now. It's just it has so much talent on it, and I just love that they said, okay, offensive line, we're gonna fix that. We're gonna re-sign a couple of guys that are good, and we're gonna fill out some defensive depth so that in the draft we can just pick good players to fill out roles. Yeah, no, I think I, I, think, I think the moves you named are really really good. Yeah, yeah you add Chris Harris to an already very impressive defensive mm-hmm. backfield. That's yeah. really really great. Yeah. Uh, they also have some linemen returning from injury, so that's huge. But like I said, I really don't want to put all the blame on Philip Rivers. I think right. for the 
for the most part, other than two years ago when they went to the playoffs on their what was it twelve and four? They were twelve and four, and they they, they just for they for lost so division, many years they lost the division title on a tiebreaker. So many years, they're just it's been an unlucky organization. Yeah, I mean, and so obviously that could flip, but. This was a team just last year when they lost so many games, but they lost how many games by one possession yeah, or yeah, yeah. or whatnot. So I think the first four games were all by one possession. So, so you can always say, yeah, like if the quarterback didn't turn it over here, 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 like they'd have those opportunities. But like there were games, I don't remember who it was against, but they just got stuffed on the goal line. How yeah. many times, you know, like there are just things that or they keep missing and they do have Badgley now. So they've like short up their kicker, but they – had the year of all their missed field goals and whatnot. They just, this doesn't, it, it seems to be an organi- organization that always has so much talent, but just draws the short stick. So as, as a team that I like rooting for, uh, I like Lynn and I'll be excited to see what they do, but it's always just seems to be like, Oh, it's not just this one piece or it's like, fair. Oh, just not catching the break. So that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Do you have any, uh, other teams? I mean, I'm excited to see uh, Philip Rivers in Indy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fun team. I'm trying. To, I'm going to scroll to what they did. They obviously it, it, they okay. So they did. They traded for. De, they got DeForest Buckner. Okay, so Armstead and then they still. Re-signed, and then the Niners resigned uh, Armstead. But they, they and then the Colts gave him an extension. Then they signed Anthony Costanzo to a two year deal to stay there. That's um, big. So resigned another one of their offensive linemen, and then they signed Xavier Rhodes. And then, of course, uh, Philip Rivers. It didn't do a lot, but again, another team that has a ton of talent already. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i kind of conflicted because I know Rhodes had a down year, and like there are so many memes about like yeah. him being toast and whatnot and getting yeah. burned and whatnot. But for a long time, he was one of the very top corners in the league. And, right. And so I have a hard time being like, one year is what you're defined as. So. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it could go poorly, but that could be a really, really great signing as well. Absolutely. But I'm excited to, as a quarterback that isn't isn't a youngin anymore, running all around to see Philip have such a good offensive line in front of him to to see because mm-hmm. he. I mean, we've tossed accolades at him often throughout the our our fandoms of liking him so much so yeah, i'm yeah. excited i hope he finds some success there i think i think that they're in a great spot because i mean they had to give up the first round draft pick for buckner but he's a great player um so they have all this great defensive talent they have a ton of talent on offense their line's one of the best in the nfl they could run the football with marlon mack and they they've got another you know they have other staple backs behind him that are good rotational pieces and then they've got, of course, T.Y. Hilton, but they need some more weapons. And luckily, this is a great draft for that to get a couple of receivers yep. and to round out that team. So you're right. It's exciting to see this team could make a huge jump and be right back in the in the playoff hunt and right back, you know, maybe going on a run. They certainly could. I do, with all that being said, feel bad for Jacoby Brissett. I think he, he's done a pretty good job. I mean, filling in, stepping into the situation that he was in last year, I mean, that was going to be so, so tough. And I think it's, I don't know, we haven't, we didn't really ever talk about it, but I think it's a little bit odd that he started so hot and then 
the team. Not I mean, yeah, they were not five, just him. They were five and two at one point, and he was leading the lead in touchdowns. That, it just seems, and obviously, there's probably no rhyme or reason for it, but I just feel like it would have been the other way around. That he would have started bad. I would have thought like being like, oh, you're thrust into this and this is what you need to do now. It would have started slower and then picked up momentum versus the other way around. And I will also say... Which may have been the reason why they went out. Maybe, but again, I will also say, I mean, Philip Rivers signed a one-year deal. So I don't think that this necessarily means that they just give up on Jacoby Brissett. You know, it could just mean, okay, we think we're ready to win now. You need to sit down and and learn a little bit more before you're ready. And so we're going to go with Philip. Right, and I think from an organizational standpoint, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. and I, I highly approve. I'm just wondering what that does emotionally for Jacoby Brissett yeah. to have been told, no, you're our guy. Oh, wait, no, you're not. Yeah. Does that make you have ill will towards the organization? So in a year when Philip is done, they're like, okay, now that we don't have this anymore, we want you again. Is it like one of those sorts of things? I will say, so Philip signed a one-year $25 million deal, which is – Cheap for a starting quarterback these days, um, but Brissett also signed the two-year, thirty million extension last year. So right now they've got almost forty million dollars tied up in cap space for their quarterback, and that's more than almost any other team in the league. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. But they do have um, the money. So so I I'll give another team, and then we can pro- just go through the list of names and just talk about and stuff like that but I want to shout out the Miami Dolphins Ooh. I really because I really love it, and I've been on this show talking about how f- afraid I am of the Dolphins in the next couple of years just because I think they're doing such a great job and they're loading up on talent and they were 5-11 and 11 team last year when everybody thought they should be 0-16 so I can't even fathom what they're going to do now that they have more talent and as it just continues to grow yeah. Uh, three first round picks, and then they they were able to sign Eric Flowers to a three year deal, offensive tackle. Um, they signed Jordan Howard to a two year deal, running back from Philly, who was in, or, yeah, he was in Philly. Yep. Uh, Byron Jones, big splash cornerback, five years. Didn't see that coming. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen with Xavier Howard, but just imagining if Xavier Howard is. You know, everything works out with that, and then he's back on the field. The two of them together, terrifying. Uh, and then you got, they signed uh, another offensive lineman, Ted Karras. Then they got Shaq Lawson from Buffalo on a three year deal. Emmanuel Ogba on a two year deal. Uh, Landon Roberts. And then Kyle Van Noy on a four year deal from, from New England. I mean, they just loaded up on defensive talent. They got, uh, a pretty good running back, considering Ryan Fitzpatrick was your leading rusher last year. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, they, I just I love the moves that they made. They were already competitive and won good games last year. Now you're adding more talent and some veteran talent to build out that core. And now you've got a full slate of draft picks again this year. I just, I really think that if they can, first of all, they can win a lot of football games next year with this roster the way it is right now and Ryan Fitzpatrick. They can. But they still have more talent to add and who's to say they don't get their quarterback too. Yeah. So I, I just I really want to commend what Miami's doing. I think they are making right move after right move. And we're talking about a, a roster again that at the beginning of last year everybody's made fun of said it was gonna be 0 and sixteen and after the first you know, four to five weeks people were laughing at them saying they're historically bad, and we had the conversation at that one point in one of our shows saying, like, did they make the wrong moves? And then they go on this run, 
And then there are people clamoring for Brian Flores to win Coach of the Year. Yeah. Just with the job that he's done. So I just really I love what the organization is doing, and it, it makes me sad as a Bills fan because I want to have dominance over this division finally. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think the thing that made me the most excited, not necessarily any of the signings. It wasn't like anything. I was like, oh, I really want Byron Jones or, or something. So then they finally got him. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. It was just more so – listening to what the players had to say about how they wanted to to play for for Flores and and whatnot right, and right. I feel like I mean you you've sat here on the show and, and talked about talked about it and I feel like I've talked about it and just like this plan that he has and and the culture and the organization that he's trying to instill and and and, and whatnot so I think so many so much of the tear down occurred because of that and so now you're getting guys that really that were there last year that bought into that that led to that second year push or second second half push and and now guys coming in to do it and I'm really excited to see what what happens not only in the first round but with with their trove of picks so it's a it's a fun time absolutely and who's to say they keep them all maybe they trade up it's certainly possible. We'll see. I don't. I I don't foresee a lot of that happening with, with everything that's going on right now. But we can talk about the draft later on. Okay. Uh, so I brought up this. Uh, I have the list here of if it's gonna not freeze on me on my phone. I have the list of the top 101 free agents. They NFL.com ranked them at the beginning of the um, free agency period. And I thought we could just go ten at a time. I'll go like. 1 to 10, and then talk about if there's any that we really loved, anything that we didn't love, or if there's one left unsigned. Because, like, number two is Cam Newton, and he still doesn't have not on a team right now. So we could just, you know, talk about that. Okay. Um, okay, why is this doing this? Technology. <sighs> Technology. Um, open in a new page. How about we try that? It sounds great. I guess I'll talk about Cam Newton uh, yeah, while you're doing saying, that, because I actually feel so. like Cam Newton's going to go go – out to LA with uh, you were talking about Tyrod. Hey, Tyrod. Hey, Ty it's, it's supposed to be Tyrod, Ty but everybody Ty calls him Tyrod because he didn't correct him. Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> um, and obviously we don't know, but I don't see Cam Newton right. not being on team, mm -hmm. and I think that would just be the best fit for right now. I think all of the things that you were talking about that mm -hmm. fit with Tyrod, and obviously Cam can turn the ball over. And he's not as mobile as he once was, and we probably I, – I, I don't know. I don't foresee him being what he once was in that in that aspect. But I think when you get together with a, with a mind like Lind, I think they can do a lot of good things with him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would be the best fit. I think you did put together that offensive line, which I think honestly was trying to make a push for Tom Brady. But – if you didn't get a Tom Brady, if you can go get a Cam Newton, be like, here we have the pieces to protect you. Mm -hmm. We don't need to get you banged up as much as you did. Right, right. Austin Eckler is a very poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Can do the running. He can do all that <laughs> catching. So, and then you have really good weapons on the outside. I think if it'd be a nice. I do think it'd be a nice marriage. I think it really could be. Uh, the, so the I had the, the web page is up. <laughs> The number one free agent they had was Amari Cooper, who obviously signed his five-year, $100 million extension. Then okay. it's Cam Newton, who doesn't have a team. Jadavian Clowney, who I haven't seen a lot of people confirm this, but I 
saw two reporters. We talked about this the other night. Have you seen anything ES- since? For then? ESPN and NFL.com, Sage Adivian and Clowney signed a three-year deal with the Browns. We'll see if that actually happens. I but just feel like that would blow up the news. Jadavia and Clowney. And then the, uh, Ryan Tannehill, who signed a four-year, $118 million deal to stay with the Titans. Byron Jones, we just talked about, his five-year deal with the Dolphins. Eric Armstead, who signed his extension with the 49ers. Drew Brees, who stayed with the Saints on a one on a two-year, $50 million contract. Coy Littleton, we talked about, who went to the Raiders. Tom Brady, of course, who went to the Buccaneers on a two-year, $50 million deal. And then number 10 is Jack Conklin, who signed a three-year, $42 million deal with the Browns. So you talked a little bit about um, Cam Newton. I really think that if the Genevieve and Clowney news is true, that's probably my favorite move out of all the 10. Just because I think that, the, especially considering that they also got Jack Conklin, who is number 10 on this list. Yeah. Like they, they're shoring off the offensive line, which was an issue last year. They get an, a, I would actually, a better coach than I would say. I would make the <laughs> argument that, that that Conklin, and we don't even know if the Clowney is, move. but I do think the Conklin's a bigger move. I think when you look at the Browns last year, one of their biggest inconsistencies was, was that, that offensive line. Yeah, yeah. So bringing in a tackle that while struggled a little bit more statistically mm-hmm. wise or proficiency wise last year in Tennessee versus his first couple of years. Um, but I think that's a really great signing. I think Nick Chubb, who is already so close to having the rushing title before they really, they did turn to Kareem hunt a lot more yeah. near the end of the year, but uh, maybe won't put up the numbers that, that Henry put up this year, but we'll certainly be thankful to have him on the line. Without a doubt. Well, because uh, if you think about it, and and the reason I'm still not totally sure about, about Clowney, and obviously as any Madden player will tell you, you want to get all the talent you can on any team, but you already have Miles Garrett and you have Olivier Vernon there. Sure. So obviously uh, Clowney's better than, than Vernon, I would think. Right. You would definitely yes. say younger too uh with that being said i don't think unless they have a move in place to ship him out because he I is think that, i think that was one of the things that i'm pretty sure it was mike garofolo where i saw the first news break with it who said that this now puts uh an annual agba either on the chopping block or the trading block to move somewhere else so okay we'll see what happens if they're just upgrading well and but until we officially know right we don't, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I think if it was official, NFL.com would have updated their list right here because it still says he hasn't been signed. So. Well, yeah, we talked about that. That was two nights ago that also, you told me that. Yes, and, but also theoretically, none of these guys have been signed because they haven't been able to. Well, that's I mean, true. A lot of people that were with their own teams probably did resign their contracts, but a lot of these guys haven't physically signed contracts yet because they haven't been able to take physicals or travel to where their team is. Well, that's true, and so. I think more so this year than I remember in recent years there have been, like, Eli Apple was supposed to sign with Oakland, and, like, that deal got yanked, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, like, he's a free agent mm-hmm. still once again. I don't know what you would call it, but right. I feel like that's happened a, a couple times this year. More than usual, that's for sure. Um, I guess we got to talk about Tom Brady before we move on to the next – 10 right well he's not a new england patriot anymore you don't have to roll your eyes at the guy anymore (laughs) we don't need to be like we don't need to be like espn and talk talk. about him for a full six Uh, hour listen guys if you i was so (laughs) annoyed for the whole it wasn't first of all i was annoyed that it was literally the whole show for get up then first take for one day and then did it again the next day and then it wasn't the full show the day after that but it was still 
dominating it. I just I know it's a big story. I know he's the greatest quarterback that ever played. But oh my goodness gracious, this was still when other sports were happening in season, and they spent entire blocks of the day talking about nothing but Tom Brady. I I can't. Big deal. I can't. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think, and obviously it's going to mark uh, a vastly different time in the NFL. Yeah. And that's kind of exciting for always, fans always like very us. Exciting. So obviously we're in the division, but it's also, it just changes so much. And I think that's a cool thing. I know some people like the idea of having that consistency, which is cool too. And I really respect that. And I think... You know, you had 20 years in the in the organization, but I think this is something where, and we have witnessed it. It's uh, the Peyton Manning going to Denver or or retiring, or when Brett Favre finally retires. Like we see, like these names that have been in the league, and obviously Tom Brady's still in the league, but it's just going to be it's different now. And I think that's a cool thing. And we're, I mean, we're getting really close to an NFL that's going to be without Breeze, Rivers, and Brady. And, and Rodgers after yep. that. Like, we're getting close. Like, this whole new age of quarterbacks has pretty much taken over, if not just about to completely take over the league. And guys like Mahomes and Jackson and Watson and, you know, all those guys. That, yeah. So so we'll see. But you're right. Like, I, it's it's no longer their league, but it's huge. And I, I had to roll my eyes when the news broke because I looked at you. And, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I said – it's just such a sick and twisted world where I have to be upset that Tom Brady's leaving the Patriots because I wanted to beat him before he was done. Yeah, well, and <laughs> and obviously we weren't recording and everything yeah. for so long, but I feel like you really, for the most part, really thought he was going to stick around. I thought I was – I really And was. I pretty much since the end of the year, I was like, he's gone. I mean, until the moment where he actually came out and said – like he said the week before – NFL free agency that he was moving on. He said it. He came out and, and had an Instagram post and all this stuff. So we knew it was going to happen before he decided where he was going. But you're right. Like I was convinced that they would figure it out and they would just run it back because I didn't think it made sense for him to leave. That it just made sense for him to stick with the roster that he knew that they could bring in more guys and bring in more talent. Uh, and I, I mean, I respect Brady for wanting the new challenge. Uh, I totally respect the guy that wants to challenge himself. Uh, I don't think it's going to go nearly as well as a lot of people think it's going to go. Uh, Interesting. So they had a poll up today on ESPN's Twitter that was like, who wins the division, the Saints or the Bucks?" And I was like, I think the Falcons are going to finish ahead of the Bucks." So, but again, I'm just saying that like... I think that I, all the time. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it will go nearly as well as people think it is because people are talking about Super Bowl and I don't think they get anywhere near that. But again, like I respect the guy who wants the challenge at 43 years old. And we also talked about how weird the contract is that they can't franchise tag him or trade him. So that says to everybody that he has visions of finishing the two-year contract and then either signing somewhere else or playing again. So we'll see what happens with that. But again, I, I as much as I rag on the Patriots and Tom Brady, I have the utmost respect for the guy. And, you know, we only really beat him once in his time. I mean, there were, there were games where we beat the Patriots, but it was either he started and didn't finish or... You know, we shut out Jacoby Brissett and the Patriots that one year that Brady had been suspended. And, okay. You know, there were games like that. But, I mean, there was only one game where we beat him. And I remember exactly where I was when it happened. It was in 2011. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Chan Gailey Buffalo Bills beat him 34-31. to 31. 
after we were down 21 to nothing in the first quarter. I mean, it was just a huge game, and I remember that. Uh, that was the only time we ever beat them, and I just I really wish we could have beaten them in a season that mattered. Uh, and we came real close uh, two times this year. We came real close. So it's just I really thought that this next year would have been the year like we finally beat them. And it might be, but it just it, I think it'll feel a little uh, a little less good. <laughs> I think you know. I think <laughs> I I agree with you. I think obviously crowning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Super Bowl champions right now as we sit in, in <laughs> April without any sort of inclination that sports are even happening right now is extremely premature and, and let's not forget that one of their issues was offensive line play they were very middle of the pack absolutely uh, and, and, and which is not, why i wanted philip rivers to go to la and i was just saying let's not just pretend that um you wanted tom brady to go to LA, oh that's maybe. right yeah uh, sorry um i was also just clarifying <laughs> for myself uh but you're right so let's let's not, let's not pretend that this team is all of a sudden a super bowl roster their defense was really good at the end of the year in terms mm-hmm. of like advanced metrics, they were top ten. So like they were really good at the end of the year. But let's see if they can do that from start to finish. They have, they do have obviously probably the best duo of receivers in the NFL, and certainly Mike, one Mike problem. Evans with with Chris Godwin. They've got an athletic tight end and o, both tight ends and OJ Howard and Cameron Bright. Yeah, uh, they they've got okay running backs. I'm assuming they'll probably draft a running back at some point. But again, like so, like they have pieces. But let's not pretend like Tom Brady just walks into a championship team because there's work to be done. I agree with you 100. percent I agree, but Bruce Arians is is a, and I love Bruce Arians. We both do. Quarterback whisperer. <laughs> it didn't uh, didn't mitigate the the turnovers from Jameis, but I think but still draw a lot a of great play big, from the times too. It's a so. really big reason why Brady wanted to go there. Yeah, and I think they're really listening to Brady a little bit more, especially compared to what's happening in New England. They did say that he did come out and say yesterday, the day before, that he was in an interview and he said he was interested that like they wanted to hear from him and they wanted him to be a part of the process and to have input. And that's I, that's got to be big for a guy at 43 years old. I mean, I you play 20 years in one organization, you'd think that you would just get that, but Belichick never gave that to him. And that's, yeah. maybe that's part of the greatness of him and part of the reason why they've won so much, but Belichick never would ever relinquish that. And the, the Bucks organization is willing to. Yeah, and I think that a large reason, and I don't know, we're not inside the Bucks organization or anything, but I think a lot of that probably is – Due to Arians, I think he's a very forward-minded, mm-hmm. progressive kind of presence in that organization. Yeah. Bringing in the female coaches and and having different jobs created, I think he's like, okay, while I'm one of the head guys here, I'm not a know-it-all. Like there are right. things that can. There's two different kind of like ways to think about management, and I think. Arians is probably on one of the complete opposite spectrums of a Belichick, and I think oh, that was yeah. probably just appealing. Yeah. All right, enough talk about Tom Brady. <laughs> um, I'm just going to list off the next handful of names, uh, and we'll just talk about who we want to. We talked about Phillip, who obviously went to the Colts. Costanzo, who resigned with the Colts. Uh, Chris Harris, we talked about, went to – did they go to the Raiders? Yeah, with the Chargers. The Chargers is right. I talked about that. Jameis Winston, who remains unsigned, who we just kind of talked about. Dante Fowler went to the Falcons, which I think is a good move for them. DJ Reader, the defensive tackle, went to the Bengals. David McCourty re-signed with the Patriots. Uh, Javon Hargrave, a nose tackle, signed with the Eagles. Did he re-sign with the Eagles? 
No, he was. No, in, he, was he was in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, signed with the Eagles. Jason Pierre-Paul sticking with the Bucks. Uh, Austin Hooper, another big move the Browns made. Yeah. Tight end went to the Browns. Uh, Von Bell signed with the Bengals. Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. Uh, Robbie Anderson went to the Panthers. Was Jets receiver. Uh, Everson Griffin is still unsigned. Who is a big player? I'm surprised he's still unsigned. And uh, there's a handful of names. Big James, names are still unsigned. James Bradbury went to the Giants on a three-year deal. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of exciting things that you could dive in there too. Uh, just talk real quick about. Let's. I'm I'm curious about Hooper. Not so much because he's in Cleveland or anything. Like I think he is a good player. Um, not the upper echelon of mm-hmm. tight ends in my opinion, but. Just uh, ask you this question: Do you feel like this means they're giving up on David Joku? Like this? No, team, I don't. Joku seems to be the player that I always thought had so so much potential, but has dealt with injuries or lack of consistency with coaching. So, what does that mean for him? See, I don't think it, I don't think it means they give up on Joku. I mean, obviously they gave Hooper a four-year, forty-two million dollar deal, so there's some longevity there. But I think it's more realizing that one of the one of the most proficient sets in the NFL right now is a two tight end set. I think they're just saying, let's go get the other one and let's have one of the best two tight end sets in the league. Now you're looking at a team that can line up with a much improved offensive line even before the draft, which I also expect them to spend draft capital on. But you got that, the line fixed up a little bit. You got Nick Chubb in the backfield and then you get Landry, OBJ lined up and then you can have the two tight end set as well and have Hooper and Njoku. That's a great offensive package where you don't you literally any one of them could get the ball and be a threat yeah so i think that's their mindset i think their mindset especially especially if we're going to include if this jadavion Clowney thing is confirmed they're they are literally looking at this like we've 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 got a good coach we have all this talent we just load up and we overwhelm people with our roster and cleveland's never been able to say that even even in the years where people Myself, the opt- ever optimist, including, said, <laughs> "Oh, they could be better than we think this year." Never in their history have they had this. You know what I mean? Level yep. of capability, and yep. they're entering into their seventeen. They have now they have tied Buffalo's record of years without being in the playoffs at seventeen this year. Yikes! And the one behind them was the Bucks that we just talked about at twelve. So they are a good five seasons ahead of the other remaining teams that have been not in the playoffs. So, I mean, this is, they got it. I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't this year, considering, and especially that they've added another playoff spot. Um, but, I mean, they, they're they just, I think they're just loading up. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to say to that other than what we'll talk about this later, but <laughs> you're wrong. Oh, man. Still wrong. Oh, my God. Are we... Still wrong. Listen, I promised you I would not make another Browns bet. <laughs> But I'm surprised. There's there's a lot of time for that. But I'm really surprised that you're still saying that they're not going to make the playoffs. No, not going to make the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. You're just not – you don't believe in Baker Mayfield. Not necessarily. I think there's just too much right now that goes against them. Having uh, a relatively inexperienced offensive coordinator who became your first-time head coach, and you're going to be bringing in these different pieces like Hooper – is a, is a piece where he hasn't really even been able to get into Cleveland. And right. so like, there's just so much going on right now because of the state of the world that I think is going to be impacting things like that. You know what I was thinking about all these new players that, you're right, aren't able to get into the facility? I was wondering if it's somehow a good thing. And let me let me spin it for you this way. Okay. 
I was wondering if in the hoopla of moving to a new city and settling in and meeting all the players and all these things, and also, I mean, this does include obviously, you know, OTAs and mini camps and stuff that are helpful in sort of install of playbooks. But I'm wondering if maybe it's not a good thing that they, I mean, he obviously has, these guys have the playbooks. As soon as they said they were signing, they were sent the playbooks. So I'm wondering if it's not a good thing that there's literally nothing else for them to do but sit down and absorb a playbook. I know there's a level of you need to walk through it and work on timing and things, especially on offense with offensive players. But I'm wondering if it not, can't be spinned as a positive for them to be able to have so much extra free time to really make sure they know that thing backwards and forwards. I think it's fair to, to say that, and it certainly could be going that way. But That was less a rebuttal and more of an offering. No, yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's a very good thought process, and I'm trying to figure out what my response back to it would be. I think when you get to get to the the level of a National Football League player, you obviously have to be extremely talented. Oh, yeah, and there are players that set themselves apart. I mean, there aren't so many. There are only so many Aaron Rodgers, and there's only so many Cam Newton at his peaks where he can like just do whatever he wants to do. But I think a large part of it is that you need to come together. You need to learn languages. You need to learn as a defensive back or a linebacker. You need to learn what like your safety is doing back there. You need to be out there doing it. So I think without that experience of having all the time to, to mesh together, to do all those things, like there, there are players in this league that are there for a reason. Right. It's not because right. they lack the physical gifts mm-hmm. or the – athletic ability so if you could just be like oh like you're a really fast runner go run around sure and you know the playbook is uh is an in route and so yeah like an austin hooper can pick that up but until you get together and and start doing it i think that's going to limit those sorts of things and i will say right as of right now uh the Browns are being affected. The only teams that have been actually directly impacted so far have been the teams with new head coaches because they would have all started their OTAs about around this time. Yeah. Uh, right now, so there we are seeing small effects so far. Uh, we'll see how long this goes. The NFL is still convinced that they can hold training camps and, and be on time for the season. Say they're trying. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I do think a big, a big, what word I'm looking for indicator that they are, are confident in that is that they're still doing the draft even though it's going to be virtual i think that their mindset was if we're confident that we're going to want to and be able to start on time we have to have the draft when it's supposed to happen okay you know what i mean I see what you're saying I think yeah that's, it makes a lot that, of sense i think it's very indicate uh, indicative of them their belief that makes sense that it'll work so we'll see what happens um we can continue to go through names and stuff unless you want to use that as a segue into talking about the draft i mean it's up to you my man we can talk about the draft. Or I guess we just talk about like what's what's left to do for a lot of teams. Well, one name that uh, didn't pop up on there that I'm surprised about uh, was, was Dak Prescott. Yeah. Was he uh, not on that list? He was not on that list, no. Oh. I don't think that they considering him a, um, a free agent. He was a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> Got a franchise tag. Um, but I I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. I think, and I'll be curious to get your response. I know we've gone back and forth about about Dallas and about Dak specifically. 
But I think right now it just makes me very nervous that, I mean, you you gave Zeke his money last year and you gave Cooper his money this year. And you're really trying to get Dak in there, but, like, they're just not meeting 100% with what they need to do. I hope you know that there's no chance in the world that Mike doesn't listen to this episode, especially considering he has nothing else to do. (laughs) So you might want to be just... Careful. No, I'm not. I'm not saying anything derogative. I'm <laughs> saying I I am worried about how this is going for the organization yeah, 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 with right. them not being right. able to meet on mutual terms. I, I I would like to bring up a point. I, I want to ask you this question because I'm interested in your opinion. Um, by the way, those who don't know, Mike, our Dallas Cowboys correspondent, listens to the show. So, um, and I mean, it's fine if he gets mad at me. We were both no. right about Philadelphia. So we were both right. But I want to ask you this. Are we at the point where we could start blaming Dak Prescott? And I'm not saying I am. I'm blaming not s- Dak Prescott for for the reason that there's no deal. Are, are we at the point where we can say, okay, enough is enough. Thirty-five million dollars is more than enough for you. Sign the contract. Oh, or, well, I... are we at that point, or or do we really still believe that it's the Dallas organization that's not willing to pay him? Forty million dollars a year, which I wouldn't pay Dak Prescott forty million dollars either. He's not even remotely worth that, in my opinion. <laughs> I will upset Mike if he wants that, but I'm also not saying he's just some sort of scrub. He's one of the better young quarterbacks in the NFL. We're not going to argue that, but I'm saying that are we nearing the point where we can say, Dak, what's going on? Yeah, no, I do agree. I do think it's on Dak Prescott right now. I think Dallas, for so many years, under Jerry Jones, has been an organization that, for the most part, is taking care of their players. He we've seen said, it time and time again. And they, and, well, yeah, we've seen it. With, we saw You just said Zeke and Cooper and some of their offensive linemen, and they decided to sign Demarcus Lawrence. Like, they've doling out money, and they even asked— they, when they when asked about this, Jerry Jones says, I'm not known for not paying my guy or being afraid to write a check. And so why hasn't it happened? I think like Dallas is saying that and showing that they're willing to pay their guys really good money. Is this just on Dak for being like, ooh, I deserve 38 instead of 34? And I think that's, a, that's hard, especially as people who sit here and are filing for unemployment right now. <laughs> I mean, we'll never get close to those sorts of things. But there is a certain level of pride that comes with it and, and whatnot. But that's – I think we've talked about this – in episodes past, but that makes me a little bit nervous because where do you draw that line? And I feel like Dallas is trying. They're trying to make him one of the very top paid players, not only at the position, but just in in football. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where you have to really step back. And then that's why I'm saying it's easy because obviously we are not NFL quarterbacks and we've never been there. But if you really think about it, like really think about it, Dak has done very, very little. And so he hasn't gone and won Super Bowls. He hasn't won MVPs. Sure, he had a, a very – he's had a good career. He, I agree with you. I think he's one of the better young he's quarterbacks. Won, he's won two playoff games, one playoff game? Uh, I can only think of one. I, I don't know. I can only think of one against Seattle. But They didn't win his rookie year, did they? No, they had the first round by and then lost to Green and Bay. And lost to Green Bay and then, then – Two years ago, they beat Seattle, Seattle and lost to LA. LA. Okay, yeah, so he's only won one playoff game. He's only been in the playoffs. Well, he, I guess, two out of the three years he was. And that's back, good, good. But, but still, at the same time, like you're talking about players like like Russell Wilson, like he got that sort of deal, but he's also he went to two Super Bowls, won one, yeah. and so there comes a time when you just had to, 
I feel like swallow your pride a little bit and be like, okay, we have a lot of pieces here. Let me take two million dollars less and get thirty-five million a year. And I get. I guess I'm. So and I know one of the big things that they're disagreeing upon is the length of the contract, which yeah. I don't know so much about why we think that is an important thing and that it's probably semi. What are you hearing about that? Where. Dak wants a four-year deal, but Dallas wants to give him a five-year deal. Uh, so they want him locked up for that extra year, and he wants to be able to re-up if he wants to for more money when the cap's higher. Yeah. Which makes sense, but I, I guess I guess what I'm confused about, and what makes no sense to me, is we know that not only has Jerry Jones talked a big game about not being afraid to spend money, he's actually done it and spent a lot of money on his guys and also, we know, or at least the appearance, that Dak is a really good dude, a, a nice guy, and doesn't seem to be a very prideful, egotistical player. So I don't understand where the disconnect is happening. One of the two parties has to be lying, or there must be a huge thing we're missing. So it's either it's either Dak is not quite as humble as we all think he is, or Jerry Jones is... is was more stingy with his money than we thought he was. <laughs> so it's, it has to be one or the other. It makes no sense to me. If there were, if there were in position in this draft to draft like Burrow or Tua, then maybe I get okay. We're gonna hold off and see if that happens. Okay, maybe if they were in position to sign a quarterback that was better than Dak, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Sign the better quarterback. But none of those are options. What are we waiting for? Well, I guess I don't. I don't get it. With having that tag on him, I mean, he could just refuse to show up theoretically. But a lot of people are you, saying he should. You do have him for the year at least. And the, um, and the tag's what thirty million dollars. It's it's up there. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Uh, but that's also, and I referenced it a couple of minutes ago. It's it's something where like the NBA has is is a lot of where the players just have more positions or more power to to demand these sorts of things out of organizations and whatnot but that makes me really nervous well and the nba is is it's it's a player driven league i mean you you win with players not with coaches and organizations and in the nfl it's the other way around obviously you have to have players but really good organizations and coaches can make teams really good uh more so than just players so fair uh, especially because the roster is so much bigger and there's so much more uh, level for error among uh, when there's that many players in the field. But you're right. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, maybe we do get Mike in at some point to tell us his perspective. But I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to come on and say Dak's a top three quarterback in the NFL and he deserves <laughs> $45 million. And then we'll both have to roll our eyes and just let it happen. But I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I hope for, for Dak's sake and for, for Dallas' sake, that they get something done because I know Cooper Rush isn't winning more than three games for them next year. Yeah, Dak will be on the field. <laughs> I'd be like there. to believe that too, but I really thought they would have had If anybody's on the field, I would I would have liked to believe be that this was done mid season. So yeah, I don't know. You know? All right. Uh I guess you want to talk about the draft for a little bit? Yeah, I'm just I think it's I'm I'm very, very excited. I'm fascinated to see what what comes out of this? I think it'll be a lot of fun. Virtual draft. I know a lot of members um, in the league itself, like in front offices and whatnot, are hesitant about it. That makes me semi upset personally. It, it annoys me a lot. Uh, well, I'm glad that you you had a hot take. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think there does come a point where you make so much money to it's it, it's okay to just be like okay so this is different but this is not something that is impossible for and I still am working my job in which I make a lot overcome. of money so let's let's have a little perspective here people um I can say that I'm going to have a very relaxing first round of the draft because I think we already slam dunked our first round pick. <laughs> Fair. I think Buffalo's first round pick was an A+. Plus. Okay. I'd say it's an A. Okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's an A because I get worried about your player's attitude. We'll see what happens. I think, I, I, I think that if anything else, at least for the next year, maybe two, we don't have to worry about that only because he wanted out so bad that like now he's going to have the, okay, I, I, I'm out and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Fair. You know, I do think that we can, and and obviously that is also me banging on, I think for this year it'll be okay, but if it's a bad year and he's not getting the ball and all that stuff and he, he gets upset about it, then we're not winning, excuse me. Although I guess winning doesn't mean that much to him considering that, no, I'm not going to trash talk my new player. But I'm just saying that uh, I'm not. We are talking about Stefan Diggs, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It took me three minutes to mention that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that we were going to spend that pick on a receiver anyway. I agree. And why not pick a guy who's already a top five receiver in the NFL? Oh, I don't think he's a top five receiver. All right. Name the four better receivers. Julio Jones, Devontae Adams. Okay. Uh, I... I don't even think Stefan Diggs was the best receiver in Minnesota. I think oh, you think Adam, Adam Dillon's better? I do, absolutely do. Interesting. Well, then we don't need to have this fight right now. <laughs> uh, um, I love Adam Thielen. So I, oh, you know what? I I feel like I want to find our episode where we rank the receivers and see what we both said. Because I think I I would like to see where I had Diggs ranked before he got like a probably a three spot bump because he's a Bills now. I feel like if we did that, I too probably would have had Diggs higher because there was a long time that I was really high on Diggs. And then maybe I'm lower on him because I feel like I've been burned so many times. Oh, in fantasy football? (laughs) Yeah, there there have been so many times like, yeah, Diggs is going to be... You you, you put so much into our fantasy football. (laughs) I only drafted Diggs once. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about just that. I'm just talking about the other fact that like... You talked about how you don't know how you feel about Devin Singletary because every time you started him, he didn't get a lot of points. Oh, that's very true. Every time I put him on the bench, and I'm like, okay, let's put him in the the bench. I'd be like, Josh, can you bench him this week, please? I need him to have a big game. You're absolutely Uh, right on that. That's funny. Uh, But regardless, can can we agree on top 10 receiver? Uh, I'd say top 15. Oh, my goodness. I. uh, I can. I and, may have it's nine, hard. I can, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to say based on just athletic ability. But didn't John Brown even have a better season than Stefan Diggs did last year? If you're talking, I don't know about statistically. I mean, I know that Stefan had double the amount of touchdowns. Uh, did he? Because oh, yes. maybe, but there was also like Stephon he scored twelve hundred receiving yards. Well, Stefan also how many touchdowns did he have? At least three of them came in one game. So I feel 10. like you kind of circle that as kind of not really. Let me look at these stats real quick. Stefan Diggs. And I'm not trying to bash the no, move. I think it's a no, good I know move. I know you're not. We're just debating. Uh, last year, he had 63 catches, 1,200 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Okay, okay so, so half of those were in one game. He had less than I thought he did. I know that John Brown went over 1,000 yards, but I don't know 
uh, how much more? He had seven. Uh, so he had seventy-two catches. So ten more catches. Actually, he had the same amount of touchdowns and six. Um, and then he had a thousand yards and a thousand and sixty. Yards. Right. So all very very comparable seasons. And so like you're talking about talent, but I mean, if we're talking about ten better receivers, I mean, how how are you judging this? I really just don't think I could name ten receivers that I think overall in terms of ability. And production. I mean, he's been consistently. He's never had a season under seventy three catches. Uh, there were there were there were one maybe two seasons in his five year career that he didn't have a thousand yards, and it was still like eight ninety or nine. Yeah, it was like it was, was very, close. very close. But so like he in terms of consistency and ability, I I don't think I could name. I I would have him at like five or four. Okay. But I'm saying that I can't it's name some, nine receivers some rose better. Co- and, and, and again, like I said, I made the joke. Right I made the joke not two minutes ago <laughs> where I said, and that was before he was a Bill. So I don't know where I would have ranked him then. But I just, <laughs> I, the, my argument is that you, you, you added, DeAndre Hopkins, you added, Mike Thomas. All right, so I think I, I think I would still say because I was the one who said D Hop was my number one. So I think I would say D Hop, uh, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones would be my top three. Okay. And then I would have it, and then I would have to have a debate between Diggs and Adams. That would be my that would be where I am. Okay. And then I probably have Cooper right in after that. Um, although I'm not as high on Amari Cooper as a lot of people are. I think that he's super inconsistent. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but regardless, I my my point was that uh, well, I don't know where this started. I would take Mike Evans over him. You would take Mike Evans over Stefan Diggs. Yep, absolutely. I know. I know that you love Mike Evans, but I'm just that's interesting to me. <laughs> Chris Godwin, maybe. I would not take. No, I don't think and I that's would. That's hard for me. But that's hard for me because you Penn know State. how tilted I am towards Penn State players. Where's number fourteen now? I like that number. I do like that number. But you know who else wears fourteen? Stefan Diggs. <laughs> End of debate. No, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I just wanted to, to to run off about talking about the Bills. Is I think that this is going to be the easiest draft Brandon Bean will ever do, because okay. we filled out almost every position that we needed to fill in terms of either depth or a new starter. Okay, we made the big move for Diggs to to really round out our weapons on offense. So literally. The only position that I would say, oh, we, there are two positions where I'm like, okay, we need a player there, would be another offensive lineman, even though we really addressed that in terms of depth, and then a backup quarterback. Because I'm not as high on Matt Barkley as I used to be. I think that we need an upgrade there. Okay. But other than those two things, I don't have a need for this draft for us. It may be a running back. But again, here's the thing. like We have a starting running back, and we still have other guys there that, that can play roles. So literally, I think that... This should be the easiest draft. It should be Brandon Bean sitting in his pajamas with a beer, and he just has he just has the picture of their board up. And whenever their draft pick comes up, they say, "Who's the guy at the top?" Yep, that's our guy. Turn in the card. Or it's, not, it's probably not even a card now. It's just like call the commissioner. <laughs> so legitimately, I think that that's just what the draft strategy should be. Pick the guy who's at the very top of your rankings. Every time your name is called, and that's nope. all you have to do. Okay, I feel like it's probably simplifying a little bit, but maybe a little bit, but still, it should be the it should be the easiest draft for us because again, like I think we did a great job of addressing everything that we needed to address already. Did but. Buffalo resign or give an extension to Poyer? Yes, actually, they, we did. We, okay, we, yeah, we resigned him to a three or four year. Extension. I didn't know that. He, he'll that's be big. yeah. We, we gave him an extension, 
and uh, Hyde is still two more years on his deal. Okay. So we still have the two of them. Okay. Yeah. I think specifically talking about the process of the draft, I'm very, very curious just to see how everything goes. Yeah. I think where we kind of went back and forth a little bit with each other, not on air, but we were talking just personally about whether or not this is going to affect trades. And we talked about yeah, why yeah. it wouldn't necessarily have to. I feel like so much, I mean, we always see every year we see guys sitting in their own respective war rooms. Well, obviously there are people in, in New York or Tennessee or wherever they're actually physically holding the draft. Like people are there, but I also, I always feel like, there's a reason why the general manager, the head coach, and the owner or whatever are always in a room together and they're calling other people. Your favorite movie that we to watch, Draft, Draft Day. Day. I mean, obviously it's only a movie, but they, they're all in different locations. It's not like you need to get together with your friend to be like, hey, like I'll trade you this for this. And I will say this. Um, obviously, there's a level of convenience that disappears when they all can't be in the room. So there's an extra channel you have to go through to make a deal because obviously when you're on the same room all you have to do is call the team talk and then make the deal but now you have to talk with your guys to then call the team to come back so you have to make sure that you're all in tune but i really don't think that it takes that much extra time yeah, i think you, you still know have 10 minutes per pick and let's go zoom round. yeah so I, I really think that i i don't i think that it makes sense that it will make I don't want to even say more challenging because I don't think it's that. I, I, it's obviously another obstacle to overcome. Yeah. But I don't see it really being unovercomable. I really think that they'll be okay. I really am curious as to what this is going to do to some players. I mean, Tua is obviously one of the top examples. Well, people freaked out when off they people freaked of out when injury, they saw so people freaked out when they saw that video of him throwing. They were like, "Oh my god, he looks so good." And so, like, I mean, with that being said, though, but like a team, like whether or not like. A team like Washington or Detroit would even consider taking him, which I didn't think they would, but right. they could be trading out. Are teams going to trade up so high to get a guy that they don't know because he hasn't been able to be checked by their doctors and whatnot? And, so, and you know who it'll probably help is the Miami Dolphins. Is, yeah, absolutely. They, if nobody's going to trade up, they can just stand pat, take their guy, and then take two other great players. And I wonder, <laughs> there, there's a part of me, obviously, I've been on the show and I've just been with you. Like, I. Even after the dislocated hip, I said, yeah, you still take him. I'm curious to see if the organization still even does. There are are a lot of people, a lot of actual NFL reporters saying that the Dolphins want Joe Burrow real bad. I've been seeing a lot of that. But that that the Bengals are just unwilling to budge on the pick, which is crazy to me because I'm still, and maybe this is a hot take right now, but I'm still convinced Tua has the better NFL career. I, no, I, I agree. I'm still convinced I, he's the better player and has the better career. I agree with you. <laughs> and I know that not a lot of people think that, although there are there, there are a decent amount of experts who agree that he's the better player. They're just worried about longevity. But yeah. I really think, no, I think that's very true. Which, which makes sense. Also, it's it's also talk to my dad about this a lot. Well, it's also worrisome that he was behind the arguably the best NFL ready offensive line. In, I mean, how many Alabama offensive linemen make it to the NFL and are really good? You know, like that line has been great for, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. he got all these injuries behind one of the best lines. So, I mean, I get that. But also, I just, again, I, I still think he's the better player by I, a decent margin. I don't even think it's, I think that we're overreacting to Joe Burrow's year as great as it was. Arguably the best college football season for a quarterback ever. I mean, it was that great. 
And yeah. I do think that he can be a great NFL quarterback, but I still believe Tua is better. I agree so. with you. Yeah, my dad, like I said, my dad and I talk about this all the time, and my dad is is funny because he always he calls him Burroughs. Like he thinks his name is Burroughs. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, that's who I want. And I was like, he's not thing. even – it's like Tua is better. <laughs> that, that makes sense for your dad, though, that he wouldn't pay attention enough to be like, I want to. It's just that – He's saying the name that everybody else is saying is the best quarterback. He's like, I really want the number one guy. Who's that? <laughs> so I just – and I – obviously we don't know what's going to happen in two weeks. Right. But it just – like I think that picture just – I mean I think Joe Burrow in Cincinnati just looks better in my opinion. I do think – I think it's a good marriage. I think him and – in that that system would be really good. Uh, I I think it's a good marriage. Uh, I like that he's an Ohio kid and he is going to play for an Ohio team. You know that's fun. But uh, I just really think you know Tua and Miami is a great marriage, and I don't want it for Buffalo reasons because I think that's <laughs> terrifying. But I I just think that it makes sense. It's great, and I think I I would put not like a lot of money. But a decent amount of money on Tua having the better career when all said and done. I I think if if those injuries knock on wood don't right. derail things, right. I, I agree with you. So now that we just spent all this time bashing Joe Burrow, I I do want to talk about real quick something. I mean, if we did like a rant rave recall now that we're oh, an we hour into the episode. It's been so long. We're out of practice. I was getting so sick and tired of everyone being like Joe Burrow has a bad attitude he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati it's like no he has given no inclination as to whether or not that's a thing and I I just feel like we have we had so much of that this year with I don't even want to say so much because I can really only think of Joe Burrow and then Tua as well because somebody asked Tua like where where would be your, like your favorite team? And he said Dallas, and he was like, he only wants to play for Dallas. And it's like, no, no one ever said that. There was there were I think there was a point where Joe was like, I have, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was like, I have the leverage, uh, or something like that. They're like, oh, what does that mean? Does that mean that like he can decide he doesn't want to play or he doesn't want to play? And like, and then he did. He was like, that's not what I meant. He, he was like, I'll be excited to go wherever I want to yeah, go. And then he's like, I want to play for a winner. And like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with answering? That's right. What do you want to be say? Like, I want to play for a loser. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> who cares where I play? Like, that's that's worse in my opinion. I agree. And then so like at the draft, and he was like, whoever drafts me, I'll play for. And people are like, that's negative. I was like, no, just stop. <laughs> agree with you <laughs> so we are at that point where everything's going to be over scrutinized especially when people have extra time to scrutinize uh, ain't that the truth <laughs> all right anything else we want to talk about yeah I'm, I'm feeling okay yeah it was a good episode good to get back in the swing of things uh so we might we might do another episode before the draft but we're definitely going to live stream the draft again this year so we're gonna try to do our mock uh, draft yeah well oh yeah that's right so maybe we, our next episode will be a mock draft whenever we we do that but we'll try to do we'll do our mock draft again that was one of our highest listened to episodes uh in the past year it was a fun time um and then we will obviously doing live draft coverage we don't know what it's going to look like because we don't know what it's going to look like physically so we'll see but we'll, we'll Adam be here. says he wants us to wear suits I do want us to wear suits and pretend <laughs> like we're really doing a broadcast because we're good at this but uh, thanks for tuning in guys uh, we hope that you're staying safe uh, and uh, you know we, we've had a lot of conversations for the past almost three weeks now because we've spent a lot of time together 
But uh, I do I do think that one thing we've talked about a lot is just uh, finding the sweet spot between not panicking but also taking what's going on very seriously. Yeah. Because it is serious, but it helps nobody to panic. That yep. only causes more problems. But I really hope that you're all staying safe. I hope that you're spending time with hopefully you're quarantined with loved ones. Uh, I know that Josh and I are very lucky that we get to spend the time somebody that we like <laughs> um, wait what of, shut up <laughs> um, but uh, I hope that you're you love who you're spending time with and that if you're not able to be with some of your loved ones right now you're still able to zoom with them or FaceTime or stay in contact um, know that Josh and I are here for you guys if you need us and that uh, we're hopefully bringing more and more football content to you during this tough time yeah absolutely and with that being said I think it really is important for us to step back and realize that while this is not a fun time or, or things going on, it, it certainly could be much worse for us all, but it's, it certainly is okay to be feeling absolutely anything and everything that everybody's feeling. Without a doubt. To, that it's nothing to be ashamed of or be upset if you're feeling upset about anything. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely okay. And just, to, and just to close out this little PSA we have here, uh, I do want to say uh, – from Josh and I, uh, and especially, you know, I don't want to speak for Josh, but, you know, as someone who, who does deal with mental illnesses, I know this is really hard on people who are battling those things. And so I just want you to know that, you know, it's going to be okay. And that if you ever needed anybody as well, that we're here for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I know that this can be really tough on, on people who struggle with those sorts of things being stuck uh, in their own home. I, I have firsthand account for it, so. It does make me feel slightly better. Like if anybody has NFL Network, I like seeing like all the football players coming together. Yeah, yeah. And and we haven't shied away from being nerdily emotional on on this show. That's very true. Uh, I always get a little choked up when Dion comes on. Oh yeah. And when when he talks about like how we're gonna get through this, and I really I just like that soundbite a lot. And there have been a lot of NFL teams and players and coaches and organizations that have done so much good during this time. And listen, I know there's a lot of bad and I know there's a lot of fear. Uh, I know that certain people running our country are not making the best decisions at certain times in the, in this uh, issue, in, in this period that we're in. But uh, I, I, I encourage us all to look at the countless people who are doing really good things right now. Uh, and, and it'll help out. I know that I've been watching the Some Good News from John Krasinski, and it, it, re- it actually makes me emotional and, and cry at certain times. Just a lot of the really wonderful things that people are doing to help their fellow uh, people. Yeah, people, I there obviously is a lot of, now we're like just going off on these spiels. It's okay. <laughs> I know there, like you said, there is a lot of bad in the world, not only about this pandemic we're experiencing, but people that always just, they either make bad decisions or, or they're things that make you step back and be like, why did that happen? But when it comes down to it, people, I think, really do care about people. Yeah. And really, I think barring something extremely catastrophic, we will always unite together to, to get through things. And, and I that's, think that's really cool. It's really great. And hopefully at some point we get football back. <laughs> so that's our episode for today, folks. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SimultCatch. Uh, that's at SimultCatch on Twitter. We're also Simultaneous Catch on Facebook. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. If you ever want to be a guest on our show, we're certainly yeah, Monty G. excited for that. Uh, I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, anything else you want to say, my friend? Super Bowl chance for now. You want to wear the hat one more time? <laughs> God bless everyone.